Father, we recognize today that you are the God of Sinai that we have been singing about. The one who gave your law on Sinai's height. The only problem, Father, was that the people could not keep that law. Indeed, whether it be the people of Israel or the Gentiles, none of us can keep the law. And Lord, we recognize today that it is not possible to establish our own righteousness. But we thank you today that the Lord Jesus is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And we thank you, Lord, for that glorious fact that Christ has established a perfect righteousness that he freely gives to us. And Lord, that is such a wonderful thought and it releases us from the bondage of the law right away. So we're just so glad today that we are not under the law, but we are under grace. Lord, let your grace flow through our service today in the remaining minutes that are left. Pray that you'd help and undertake for us, Lord. And bless us now and bless the children who have gone out as well, we pray. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message today is Antichrist and His Ruin. Antichrist and His Ruin. We read in Revelation 16 of the ruin of Antichrist, that final world dictator, the worst dictator of all, who will rise up before Jesus Christ returns and will attempt to control the world. That's what he's after, folks. It's world domination. And he wants to control you and me, every detail of our lives. This individual is or will, if he's not already on the earth, when he appears on the earth, he will be shilling for control. He wants to control every person on planet earth. And he will want to get to the point where every person on planet earth will only buy and sell when he allows them to do so. Now you might think that that's the stuff of science fiction. Most Christians do, by the way, because most Christians are fast asleep today. And haven't the first clue about what's actually happening in the world today. But that is what is going to happen. It's not science fiction, it's, it's the word of God. But his day will be short-lived. He will only have a short time. This Antichrist or the Beast is another title that the book of Revelation gives to him. Because the time will come when the Christ will come and will ruin the Antichrist. And that's what we've read about today in Revelation chapter 16. So it's the seventh vial. You remember way back at the beginning of our study of the seven vials, we talked about a cleanup operation. 
talked about the Apprentice Boys. I think it was around the time of the Apprentice Boys parade. Remember all the rubbish in the Craigavon Bridge left by the spectators? An absolute disgrace. So-called Protestant people. Shame on them. But there was a clean-up operation was needed. And there's a clean-up operation is needed at the end of the age. And we have looked in the past weeks at the first six aspects of the clean-up operation, the first six vials. We're coming today to the final part of this divine clean-up operation as the Lord Jesus Christ gets planet Earth ready for the millennium, his 1,000-year reign from Jerusalem. So, Antichrist and his ruin. How does his ruin come about? Well, it comes about, first of all, through a great voice. There's a great voice that we're told about here in Revelation 16. And if you look there at verse 17, there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. Who could this possibly be? Whose voice is this? Who is the speaker? Well, it has to be the Lord Jesus Christ because it says that the voice came from the throne. This voice came out of the throne. And Jesus is still on the throne. Regardless of what the devil would like to be the case and what his cohorts would like to be the case, Jesus still sits on his heavenly throne today. And uh, as Psalm 110 puts it, he's sitting on his throne and the earth is his footstool. And one day he's going to bruise and destroy his enemies. They're going to be under his feet forevermore. Yes, the king is upon his throne today and he's got a great voice. And this great voice from the king of kings comes from the throne uh, and it brings about the ruin of Antichrist. It puts one of the final nails in his coffin. Hallelujah. A great voice. But what does the great voice say? Well, look at the three words there at the end of the verse. It is done. It is done. Does that remind you of anything? John chapter 19, verse 30. It is finished. It is finished. The same person who cried it is finished on Calvary is the same person who cries it is done in Revelation 16. Yes, it's the very same person. The same person who took all the wrath that we deserved and the fire and brimstone that we deserve fell on him at Calvary. He's the same person who now takes out his vengeance on those who hate him at the end of the age. And he says, it is done. All his enemies have been pulverized. Oh yes, that's what happens to the enemies of Christ. God forbid that anyone in this service today would be an enemy of Christ. I don't really care if you're my enemy. You could be. It does not. I'm not losing any sleep over it. But, but what really matters 
is if you're an enemy of Christ. Now that, that, that's something that you should cause you to lose sleep over. But you don't have to remain his enemy if, you're, if, if today finds you in this service on Advent Sunday and you're still an enemy in your mind against the Savior by wicked works. It doesn't have to be like that. Because you can become his friend. You see, he's the friend of publicans and sinners. This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Thou art the sinner's friend. So I thy friendship claim a sinner saved by grace when thy sweet message came. What a friend we have in Jesus. Yeah, what a friend. He's the best friend. He's not a fair weather friend. When you have a bad day, I mean a really bad day as a Christian, you will find that he will not forsake you. Maybe you've had a bad day already today. It happens. Sunday morning can be like that. And you've come into the service today and you say, I really need something to hold on to. I need something to grasp to give me hope today and to give me encouragement. Well, here you have it. Here's the, all you need, all the encouragement that you need. Jesus is a forever friend. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's the one who cried, it is finished. Tetelestai. It's the idea of someone who's in a prison cell. And uh, there's a, a poster on the door. And the crimes are recorded on the paper why the person is in jail. But across the poster is written, Tetelestai, finished, paid for in full. And the prison door swings open and the prisoner goes free. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. That's what happened to Charles Wesley. And a year after his conversion, he wrote those words. And it can happen to you today and your chains can fall off. Jesus can break your chains. It's the idea of an animal being brought to the temple for sacrifice. And the priest inspects the animal for a blemish, but he finds none. And he says to the offerer, Tetelestai, you can offer this animal. The Lord Jesus was offered for us. Perfect sacrifice. And we don't need any other sacrifice. No, we who are saved just need to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice in our daily lives, as the Apostle Paul put it. I beseech you, brethren, that ye offer yourselves, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Jesus on the throne, 
He's number one now. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Are you worried about a difficult winter? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And you'll have no need to worry. problem why a whole lot of Christians are running about like headless chickens worried about the winter is because they don't seek first the kingdom of God. Christ isn't first in their lives. There's idols in front of them. But if we seek him first, then he will provide. For he's still Jehovah Jireh for his people. Yes, there's a great voice brings about Antichrist's ruin. I want you to think as well about a great earthquake that would hold off in Revelation 16 that brings about his ruin. A great earthquake in verse 18, there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. A great earthquake. This is even greater than the earthquake that took place when Christ died upon the cross. But what's happening here is that this is actually a throwback to the cross. And as this earthquake strikes that is way off the Richter scale, as this earthquake strikes... People are reminded that this earthquake has been brought about by the one who died on the middle cross. And and the earth dwellers realize we deserve this earthquake. We deserve what's happening because of our rebellion against him. And because we have thrown his salvation back in his face. And we have trampled upon his precious blood. We are getting our just desserts. This is poetic justice. A great earthquake. So there's a great voice brings about Antichrist's ruin. A great earthquake also brings about his ruin. But what I want to focus on today is the great hail that brings about his ruin. A great heel brings about Antichrist's ruin. Verse 21. And there fell upon men a great heel out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. That equates to 100 pounds weight. Or, if you want the metric version, 45 kilograms. But then maybe you're wondering, well, how heavy, how really heavy is that? The weight of a pumpkin, the weight of a baby hippo, the weight of a foal, the weight of a bag of cement gives you an idea of the weight. Every hailstone weighs this amount. So the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of the age, he takes these missiles out of his heavenly arsenal and he hurls them and launches them at his enemies on planet earth. You see, we're told in Job 38 that Christ has these weapons 
in his arsenal for his enemies. Job 38, 22. Hast thou seen the treasures of the heel which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? When is the day of battle and war? Revelation 16. These missiles, of course, were used against the Egyptians during the ten plagues of Egypt. For we read in Exodus 9, verse 22, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thine hand toward heaven, that there may be heal in all the land of Egypt upon man and upon beast and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail smote every herb of the field, and break every tree of the field." Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no heel. The, the Jews were protected from the heel. It was miraculous preservation. Do you know at the end of the age, before Christ comes back, Christians will be protected from this avalanche of heal. We will be preserved from it. Not one hailstone will fall upon child of God. You see, that's how accurate the Lord Jesus Christ is in everything that he does. This weapon was used against the Amorites in Joshua chapter 10. We read in verse 11. Of Joshua chapter 10, and it came to pass as they fled from before Israel and were in the going down to Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Azekah, and they died. They were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. So, what is happening in Revelation 16 at the end of the age? is something that has happened before, albeit the hailstones haven't been as large. But, the sea, but there's been, there is a precedent for this. It has happened in Egypt. It has happened uh, against the Amorites. And here it's happening again in Revelation chapter 16 in this seventh vial. The tribulation sinners are getting their just Desserts. Now, why are they being stoned in particular? Why stoning with hailstones? Well, you see, if you go back to the book of Leviticus in chapter six, uh, chapter twenty-four, verse sixteen, this is what you read: Leviticus twenty-four and sixteen. And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. And all the congregation shall certainly stone him. Blasphemers in Israel were to be stoned. 
That's what the Lord specified. Stoning was for, was for the crime of blasphemy. What do you find in Revelation chapter 16? These people are blasphemers. They blaspheme uh, the Lord Jesus Christ constantly. And their reward is stoning, as it was in the Old Testament. The full weight of the law comes down upon them. The law of God, that is. They have rejected grace, so now they must receive law. And the Lord stones them. The one who died on the middle cross, the one who shed his blood on Calvary, exacts and executes retribution upon his enemies. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't want it to be this way. He doesn't want it to be this way because we're told in the Bible that judgment is his strange work. That's a phrase the Lord that's used in Scripture. Judgment is his strange work. He doesn't want to judge anyone. He doesn't want to punish anyone. But those who choose judgment and punishment rather than his salvation, inevitably, that's what they get. You see, these people are descendants of those who tried to stone Christ. You remember in the Gospel of John, we're told in chapter 8, verse 59, and chapter 10, verse 31, that they took up stones to stone the Savior. The Jews took up stones to stone him. These people are descendants, if you like, they're off the same brood of the people who took up stones to stone Christ. And now they are being stoned by the hailstones themselves. We think of the stoning of Stephen. The first Christian martyr. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Well, Stephen had no doubt about the deity of Christ. Lord! It wasn't like the Jehovah's Witnesses who deny his divinity. But of course, Christians are stoned for their faith today, even in our world. Back in July, the 22nd of July, 2020, a teenager was stoned to death in India. On the 12th of May this year, 12th of May 2022, a Christian student was stoned in Nigeria. She was accused, falsely accused, of mocking the prophet Muhammad on WhatsApp. By the way, talking of Muhammad, you know that's the number one baby name in the United Kingdom now? But this young Christian student stoned not 2,000 years ago, but this year. This is why one day hailstones will rain from heaven on the enemies of Christ. Those who have stoned his children will be stoned themselves. 
The stone stones the stoners. Do you know the Lord Jesus in the Old Testament is called the stone of Israel? And here he is, the stone at God's right hand in heaven at the end of the age, the seventh vial, and he stones the stoners on planet earth, those who have stoned his children. The stone stones the stoners. Bit of a mouthful, but it's exactly what's going to happen at the end of the age. Let's bow for a word of prayer, please.